To it, it is the Derek Hunter podcast for the 14th of June 2022. Happy Tuesday to you. I'm Derek Hunter, the appropriately named uh, Derek Hunter. I am your host. Appreciate the use of your ears and all that good stuff. It's going to be a shorter version than usual this week. Like I said, we're going to get about a half an hour, half an hour's worth of, worth of pod for you, which is the price of admission, man. You can't beat that. Speaking of the price of admission, if you would be so kind as to go to patreon.com slash Podcast or derekhunter.locals.com and support the program there, you get bonus material, you'll get pictures, you get uh, all kinds of stuff. And every once in a while, there's something that happens that requires immediate and filthy responses, and they go there as well. So patreon.com slash Podcast or... DerekHunter.locals.com. Thank you so much for the support. Now let us get on with the program. Anyway, we've got an action-packed program for you. There's a lot going on in the world, as there always is. Every single day, these people are crazier and crazier and crazier and more worthless and more worthless and more worthless. Just for fun, I want to start off with uh, some audio from Morning Joe. It's a tale of two different circumstances. So over the weekend, well, on Friday, they announced new inflation numbers. Not good. Not good. 8.6% year over year. Not good. Not good at all. It's a wrong. Remember when it went from 8.5 to 8.3? And what were Democrats saying? Even I think I had audio of Stephanie Rule on the show going, well, and, uh, uh, Jim Shuto was definitely tweeting about this. going, Oh, the inflation indicators are going in the right direction. We got a break. We got a respite from inflation. Like, no, we didn't. It went up slightly less than it had gone up the night, the month before. It had gone up three tenths of one percent less than it had the night before. That was that was Jim Shuto. Now I remember it. He tweeted it out. Oh, a, a, a respite from inflation. And like, no, that's not how this works. And he knew this is how it works, but he's trying to protect his team. Well, then it shot up to 8.6%. There was no corresponding uh, Jim Shuto tweet about how, boy, howdy, inflation is back with a vengeance, weirdly enough. But it was back with a vengeance. It's going in the wrong direction. Like I say, the uh, margin of error on these things made that three per- three-tenths of a percentage point drop really seem like a, a rounding error. It could have gone either way. So we haven't seen a dip in inflation. And obviously, you can just look at the... You drive past a gas pump and you go, this is clearly not going anywhere anytime soon. Despite what Joe Biden said back in December, he said it would probably gas prices would were coming down in a month or two. That was what he was told from his ex. Who are these experts and why are they not fired? Anyway, so uh, Joe uh, Morning Joe this morning, they were talking to their economist, Steve Ratner. And I just want you to listen to Mojo himself, Joe Scarborough waxing poetic about how Joe Manchin is to be thanked for blocking the $6 trillion Build Back Better. It's amazing to me how these people can live with themselves. Um, Not that Joe would say, I mean, he's a politician, so he's used to just speaking out of both sides of his mouth. 
but he denied. Well, I'll wait till the second clip to tell you what he's denying. Listen to, to Mojo this morning talking about thank God for Joe Manchin. My God, I just wonder what would have happened if progressives had gotten their six trillion dollar wish earlier this year. Yeah, in an ironic way, you almost have to thank Joe Manchin for blocking that because six and a half trillion dollars of spending in this economy would make these numbers look small. Yeah, look, we had yeah. a we had a huge budget deficit. We had an unbelievably aggressive reaction by the Fed to the pandemic. You can kind of understand why they were trying, but they just tried too hard. And now we're all going to pay the consequences in a very, very tough environment over the next year or two while this gets sorted out. And by the way, I wouldn't even say ironically thank Joe Manchin. You can just thank Joe Manchin uh, if you're glad that interest rates aren't even higher. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear Mika sitting there. She's choking on it. She just, <laughs> but she knows that's what you have to say. You have to say, you have to protect, you got to protect Joe Biden, but ultimately you've got to protect the progressive brand over and all. And so this is what you got to do. Every once in a while, you got to kiss a little Joe Manchin butt. Then you got to make it seem as though Democrats, they didn't, they, they don't want you to know that Democrats made the problem. They do want you to think that Democrats prevented the problem from being worse. That's what that's about. So let's get in the Wayback Machine to a crazy time, January of this year. Now, Build Back Better, Biden's $6 trillion boondoggle had been, uh, well, he'd been trying to ram that down the country's throat for a long, long time. He's still hopeful of ramming it. He's still hopeful to ram it down the country's throat. But back in January, before inflation really, really kicked in, even though, it, well, no, inflation had been kicking in for some time. It was just, we were told, it's it's transitory, it's temporary, it's okay. It hadn't gotten nearly this bad. It was bad, all inflation is bad, but it hadn't gotten this bad. And so Joe was singing a very different tune. Listen to just, this is a, a kind of a long clip, but it's worth it to just marinate in the attitude that Joe Scarborough is giving and the, the, the venom dripping in his voice over Joe Manchin refusing to sign off on a $6 trillion spending spree that, Joe, that now Joe Scarborough says, thank God he didn't do that. For the life of me, I can't figure out why they keep doing this. Uh, this uh, you know, going to the press, setting false deadlines, deadlines that are going to fail. This is pretty simple stuff. Let me say that again. This is pretty simple stuff. You get the head of the Progressive Caucus, you get Joe Manchin, and you get Joe Biden, and you put them in a room. And you say, we're not going to get out of this room until one of two things happen. One, we have a deal. Or two, we're going to have a press conference where... We go out and announce that Joe Manchin does not support any piece of legislation regarding Build Back Better. Senator Manchin has said that he would support universal pre-K, full $1.75 trillion. That would be an extraordinary new uh, entitlement for American families. If that's the case, you don't find that out by talking to reporters or setting deadlines. You get in the room, and not with a thousand people, get Manchin, get the head of the Progressive Caucus, get Joe Biden, sit at a table, and do it like you have done it 
like every other business person has done it for years and say, okay, let's make a deal or let's just walk away from this. I mean, mean, if you take Manchin at his word, he's already committed. He shook Biden's hand. He said, I'll give you one point seven five trillion. So you start by saying, Joe, show us your bill. Not what you might support. Show us your bill. And let's see where we go from there. And then walk out and make the announcement. We either have a bill or Joe Manchin will never support anything. And he's been lying to us for the past year and a half. Yeah. Not particularly happy with Joe back then blocking Joe Biden's spending. Manchin was sit him in a room, get him in a room, force him to tell you, force his hand, make him tell you all these things. And then this morning, oh, thank God. Thank God for Joe Manchin. Imagine how much worse this would have been if Joe Manchin had got not gotten his way, if, De- if Joe Biden had gotten his way. Now, that's what they're saying. That's what they don't want, not what they want you to realize, but that's what they're saying. Imagine how much worse it would have been if we, meaning the Democrats of Morning Joe, the people, basically everybody at MSNBC and Joe Biden had gotten our way. You think it sucks now? Boy, howdy, you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> and it just goes, the old stuff goes right down the memory hole. Nobody out there has it. Joe, Joe Scarborough knows what he is. Joe Scarborough knows who he is. His wife's sitting right next to him, and she's a bobblehead all in, in both of those times. Now, when she's praising Joe Biden, you could tell at the end, oh, okay, well, she's not super happy about that. Scarborough might have to sleep on the couch tonight or maybe at a girlfriend's house or something. No, I'm... <laughs> I do not know of any, I don't have any proof that Joe Scarborough is treating his third marriage the way that he's alleged to have treated his other two marriages. That would, that's just wrong. And it was a, it was an attempt at humor. So I apologize to Joe and his first wife and his second wife and his third wife and any of the girlfriends along the way. Um, just assuming facts, not in evidence. <laughs> It's just a gross person. He's just an all around. He's like he's like what Harry Potter grew up to be. If Harry Potter were, uh, I don't know, a bullied enough. Well, probably not bullied enough would be my suggestion. He wears those little Harry Potter glasses. He's just a total d bag. But uh, yeah, just thought you'd appreciate the hypocrisy of the media sitting there. They're going to praise Joe Manchin now. Because things would have been much worse. Now, what they don't do is connect those last few dots and say what Joe Biden was advocating for and Joe Biden is still advocating for would make the current situation worse. And therefore, logically, the spending, the trillions of dollars in spending that he did ram through, the trillions of dollars in spending that those people did cheer, the so-called stimulus and the American rescue plan. All that made what we're in now. All that made inflation. Now, they're saying this other stuff would have made inflation worse because they have to admit that. They're thinking, will it dodge? And they need to try and polish the turd and say, boy, howdy, we saved you from uh, really, really, really high inflation. But they're passively admitting that they then were responsible, are responsible for the inflation inflation that exists now. They'll never admit it. That's why shows like this exist. You're welcome, America. I thought about, you know, geez, I got to come in and talk about the uh, 
that hearing, the January 6th committee hearing, it dominated, dominated the Sunday shows. My God. It was the most important story ever. All the Sunday shows went off on it. It was so important, in fact, to the Sunday shows that only Fox News Sunday bothered to mention the uh, plot to assassinate a Supreme Court justice by a left-wing Democrat in good standing over abortion. It's right now, today, there's uh, the group uh, shut down D.C. They're marching their way. They're throwing a big temper tantrum their way through uh, Washington, D.C. Their goal is to surround the Supreme Court and make it impossible to get in there. They, I've seen some of the footage of it. There's not enough people showing up to these things. And even if there were a couple of snow plows at like 25, 30 miles an hour would easily clear the road. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They'd only have to go like 10. But, you know, at 50, I think is more humane because the amount of pain you're going to inflict at 10 is just uh, astronomical. Whereas there won't be any at fit. Uh, again, I'm just kidding. They're nothing but the salt of the earth, these lovely unwashed mutants who are violating federal law in full view of the chief law enforcement officer of the country, the attorney general. And he doesn't give a damn. Doesn't give a damn. To this point, the president of the United States still hasn't even said anything about the plot from one of his team to kill a Supreme Court justice. Can't be bothered. Hasn't said a state. He went on Jimmy Kimmel after it happened. Talked about Roe v. Wade, but did not talk about, or even, didn't even have to talk about it. This is wrong. Not in Joe Biden's America, but this is Joe Biden's America. This Joe Biden has always been a bully. He's always been a bit of a D-bag. He's always been a, a short-tempered a-hole who, when he doesn't get his way, gets mad and tries to destroy everything. He's the type of person who, when asked to leave a place, does the, instead of just getting up and having some dignity, going, all right, you don't want me here. I don't want to be here. They get up and they flip over tables. They flip over other people's tables. They throw things. Like, why do you have to? This is why you're, you're being thrown out. Even if you were wrongly accused of whatever it is that caused them to ask you to leave, you've just proven them right tenfold. And everybody in that room, anybody might have been, most people probably wouldn't have noticed, but now everybody thinks you're a jerk and is glad that you're leaving. So congratulations. That's kind of what Joe Biden is. And Brett Kavanaugh dares to disagree with Joe Biden. You don't dare to disagree with Joe Biden. Hunter Biden was driven to alcohol and drugs and prostitutes to deal with the fact that his father was such a callous monster. His sister was driven to, I think her problem was drinking. She writes in her journal that, uh, you know, showering with her father at too old of an age. Yeah, you can find it out there. Look it up. Don't take my word for it. I don't want to get into the details, but it's gross. Joe Biden's kids had problems. It's clear that Joe Biden really only loved Bo Biden. It's clear that Joe Biden loved Bo Biden. Bo Biden was going to be the heir apparent. He was being groomed to run for the Senate. Joe had already become vice president. And like, all right, you're attorney general of the state. Then the Biden name and the Biden machine will get you the Senate. And then you can go on and be president. Because I don't think Joe, I think Joe realized or believed 
he couldn't have foreseen the uh, ability to cheat the way that 2020 presented. I think he believed that um, that his time had passed. The third time he ran for president or whatever it was, the fifth time, however many times it was, that in 2008, that was it. He didn't even come close to getting a, a relevant percentage point uh, worth of the vote. And he's going to be vice president. And that was pretty good. That's not bad. But it was over for him because he was too old. Then he's, he was going to live vicariously through Bo. Then Bo died. It's amazing to me that Joe Biden, no, it's t- I don't want to tell, I don't care how Joe Biden mourns his son. You can mourn loss any way you want in my book. But when you lie about it, when he meets with families of uh, the fallen in the military or whenever he's talking to anybody, whenever he talks about Bo's death, he makes it sound like Bo died in Iraq. He didn't. He died horribly, brain cancer, terrible, terrible disease. But it was years after he'd come back from Iraq. It wasn't like he came back and then six months later, oh my God, he'd been exposed. No, 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 that's not how it works. But he tries to, whenever, when he went to Uval, or when he went to Buffalo, apparently, he tried to comfort the families there of the murder victims by talking about how his son had died. It's like, it's just, it's just not the time. It's different. You had, as horrible as it is that his son died, he had a chance to say goodbye to his son. They knew it was coming. They got a chance to fight, a fighting chance as best that medicine could offer at the time. They got that. It wasn't grandma going to get eggs and being murdered. So you can't equate the two. It's just just kind of gross in how he is. It's sort of a, a reflection on who Joe Biden personally is. and thereby who the Democrats are. So I watched, anyway, back to that hearing. I don't know how I got off on that tangent. I watched that hearing Thursday night up in New York. I sadly made a point of leaving early enough that I could get to the hotel in time to watch that hearing. And it was just awful. thought I could play clips of it. I don't want to play clips of it. It's, It's already forgotten, honestly. That's how sad it is. But uh, some of the members of that committee are running around now, and they made it on the Sunday shows. That committee hearing got all sorts of attention, I said, in the Sunday shows. Only Fox News Sunday could bother to mention that Brett Kavanaugh, somebody was trying to kill Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, One of the darlings of that uh, committee is Jamie Raskin, Maryland's own. His and Benny Thompson, the chairman of the committee, their first act in Congress, or Jamie Raskin's first act in Congress, Benny Thompson had been around a while, uh, was to object to the certification of the election of 2016 in the Electoral College, to commit what they now call insurrection, what they themselves call insurrection. It was abundantly clear there was no shenanigans going on in 2016. Hillary Clinton was wildly unpopular. Hillary Clinton didn't bother to campaign in certain states that she ended up losing because she just thought they were in the bag. When your attitude is, who's going to vote for that guy? Um, You lose a lot of times. You get cocky. You get complacent. So you go to Philadelphia with Bruce Springsteen and you draw a huge crowd and you go, oh, look at this huge crowd 
they love us in Pennsylvania. Like, no, they showed up for Bruce Springsteen. Who wouldn't, you know, they showed up for a free Bruce Springsteen concert. All that tells you is that the people of Pennsylvania have horrible taste in music. It doesn't tell you anything about how they're going to vote. I think Beyonce was there, too. And Barack Obama was there. Like, you bring in all these superstars that outshine Hillary tenfold, and you go, oh, the reflected glory shall carry me this state, and it didn't work. Everybody saw that coming, or, well, nobody saw that coming, but when it was happening, nobody was surprised that it came. So uh, when these Democrats objected to the 2016 certification, it was based solely on they didn't like the results. There was no allegations of fraud. That's what's amazing about this. When Democrats objected, it really was straight up abuse of power attempted coup. There's no, like, hey, there's shady business. They hadn't even really gotten the Russian collusion hoax going at the time. It was all just straight up, we don't like it. Hillary Clinton got more votes. We need to abolish the Electoral College. We lost under the rules. We want to change the rules retroactively. That's what they stood up for. So Raskin is that kind of person. He's a raging hypocrite. He's just a, he's just a bad guy. He's just a bad guy. And on CNN, he starts off talking about guns because they just announced a deal on guns, which we'll, we'll get to. But um, he made a ridiculous statement. It's an absolutely ridiculous statement, a provably false statement, and obviously false. You don't, even, you don't have to prove it. It's obviously false. Talking about Uvalde, talking about Buffalo. He said that there's a massacre like that every day in this country. Every day there's a new massacre, not like you take in total the country, but every single day there's a mass shooting massacre. He never says where, and Dana Bash from CNN never goes, uh, where are you getting that information from, Congressman? Because either she was taken aback by it or she's just so left-wing and so hacky she doesn't care. But it struck me as odd that, that it's illustrative of how Jamie Raskin and these Democrats in general aren't interested in reality, aren't interested in the truth. If you have the truth on your side, why do you lie so much? What happened in Uvalde is horrible. What happened in Buffalo is horrible in and of itself. You don't have to lie about it. Maybe it's a compulsion. They can't help themselves. I don't know. But listen to him do it. We're going to get to January 6th, of course. But quickly, based on what you just heard, is that a compromise you could vote on? Well, we would certainly vote on it and work on it. Um, you know, America is suffering a massacre pretty much every day now. Uh, there have been more massacres than days in 2022. Yeah, more massacre than days. In, I mean, except for that there haven't been anywhere close to that. But if you put that fact aside, <laughs> the congressman from Maryland is absolutely right. How pathetic. The massacre every day. Every day. More, more massacres than days no and you sit there and you go well if he's willing to lie about something like that what isn't he willing to lie about and that brings us to what he is absolutely gleefully willing to lie about and that is this idea that democrats are floating that the republicans there are members of the republican caucus republican members of the house of representatives who were actively desperately seeking pardons from donald trump in the last few days of his administration for themselves over their participation in the January 6th riot. 
Now, who are these Republicans? Uh, We don't know. They are not naming them. That's what's weird about it. The same people who brought you proof of collusion. Adam Schiff was out there over the weekend saying the same thing. He's on the the committee as well because you can't. Being a dishonest Democrat is a prerequisite to be on this committee. But Adam Schiff and Jamie Raskin are running around. They're floating this idea that there are these Republicans. There are a bunch of Republicans who were who knew that they had participated in an insurrection against the United States government so that they were desperately seeking a pardon for themselves. Now, if this is true, this is a scandal. It would be interesting to know if this is true. But listen to how coy Jamie Raskin is. He not only won't name any of these Republicans, he won't name them, he won't actually say they have proof of it. He lets Dan Abash do that. He implies it. He implies the hell out of it. But as a sleazebag lawyer, as greasy as his hair normally is, he doesn't want to be locked in. Now, why, I don't know. If you look at Adam Schiff, he said countless times on CNN and MSNBC, because he was too cowardly to go on Fox, that there was proof of collusion. Oh, they had proof of collusion. They were going to release it. They were going to expose Donald Trump. They had it all. That The indictments were coming. They were, and it just was an election ploy. And that was it. It was designed to damage Donald Trump. Adam Schiff didn't care that he was lying. He knew that he was lying. He was the chairman of the damn committee. He was in on all the hearings. He was leaking all the information. He knew exactly what was going on. But it was politics. What's amazing to me is the very same media that was lied to by Adam Schiff back then is gleefully parroting this new lie, which is almost exactly the same, just different subject matter, but the same tactics. And they parrot it really without question. Dana Bash, she she asks a follow up, but she doesn't. She doesn't press the issue. She wants names. She wants to be able to attack these people, these Republicans who allegedly did this. And she doesn't want to acknowledge, or she's incapable of acknowledging that Jamie Raskin is just making this up. Because Jamie Raskin sure as hell seems to be just making this up ask you about pardons. Uh, you revealed this week that multiple Republican members of Congress sought pardon, pardons from President Trump after the insurrection. How many of your colleagues in Congress did that? And what evidence do you have? Because you know that Congressman Scott Perry is denying it. Yeah. Well, the seeking of pardons is powerful demonstration of the consciousness of guilt, or at least the consciousness that you may be in trouble. And that's what's so shocking about this. Uh, It's not just one. And you have evidence that this happened. It it is multiple members of Congress, as the vice chair said at our opening hearing. And um, all in due course, uh, the details will surface. So, so yes, there's evidence? Um, Everything we're doing is documented by evidence. Uh, Unlike the big lie, which is based on nonsense, as uh, former Attorney General Barr said, Everything that we're doing is based on facts, and this is a bipartisan investigation which is determined to ferret out all of the facts of what happened. <laughs> so you got evidence? Oh, we've got to, everything we're doing is, anyway, it's really bad, What? Uh, what and you're going to be surprised. Okay, well, what? look, if there are monsters conspiring against the United States government walking the halls of Congress, um, tell us, <clears throat> right? <laughs> Should that be the, let us know. 
Instead, like, oh no, in due time, in due time. We want to, we well, why? Well, it's because there's no proof. There's no evidence. There's nothing. They're making it up. This is the talking point. This is one of the talking points that they want to use to sustain this story through the election. If you have proof of something, you release the proof. If you have evidence, you release the evidence. They don't. They aren't. What's funny is there's this, uh, there was a story going around over the weekend about how the members were saying, I think it was Adam Schiff, maybe it was Raskin. They said, well, we got enough, we've got enough evidence now to indict Donald Trump. And you go, whoa, that's amazing. But you're not going, whoa, that's amazing because you think Democrats got Donald Trump dead to rights. You say, whoa, that's amazing because members of this sham committee think they have the power to indict anybody. <laughs> they don't. They don't have, Congress cannot indict. That's not how it works. But they're saying, well, we, could, we could indict Donald Trump now. Um, no, you can't. I, I, it's amazing to me how so many people who swear an oath to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution and the United States government have seemingly zero idea how either one of those things work, what either one of those things stand for, and what goes on in those things. They just go, what the hell with it? Let's go. And I guess when you're led by Nancy Pelosi, these select committees, these special committees, they've never gone off without you know, Republican without the other side having an ability to appoint their members. And when Kevin McCarthy appointed the Republican members and Nancy Pelosi said, we don't want these people on there uh, because they might ask some serious questions. That should have been a red flag. The very party that clutched their pearls for four years saying Donald Trump is upsetting the norms, uh, upsetting a, a huge norm, a huge precedent. It should have set off some red flags, but these people are all frauds. You know they're frauds. Jamie Raskin is just the the fakest of them all. All right, I'm going to stop there for today. Hopefully you're having a beautiful day where you are. You can get outside and enjoy it, and you got family and or friends around to enjoy it with. That is what I am going to do as I get to spend some more time with the kids this week than normal. Have a, a great one. I'll see you tomorrow. 